Welcome to your Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. We love God. We ought to be able to talk about Him. Getting you started on your day. With the latest in breaking news and information from the Vatican to the White House and everything in between. It's serious. It's fun. It's your Catholic Drive Time. Howdy, howdy. Praise be to God. It's good to be here. Today is Tuesday, February 7th, 2023. It's the Feast of St. Moses the Black. Moses the Black was a former slave and bandit leader in Egypt who became a monk in the monastic community at Skeet. He had a trouble adjusting to monastic life, but his zeal and effective leadership as a spiritual figure helped him become respected among the brothers. He became the spiritual leader of a colony of hermits and the and was known for his hospitality and ability to bring about forgiveness. At the age of 75, he and seven others were martyred by bandits. Moses is honored as an apostle of nonviolence and is similar to St. Norbert in their conversion experiences, leadership in their religious communities, and reputation as men of peace who encouraged reconciliation and forgiveness. He died in the 4th century. St. Moses the Black, pray for us. And are you ready for Lent? Today is Tuesday within the season of Septuagesima. Lent is less than three weeks away, and it's time to prepare your mind and heart for the season that is to come. And if you want to join us in the CDT team in our Lenten journey, then you're going to want to join our CDT private Telegram chat. How do you do that, you ask? Well, you just go to grnonline.com forward slash CDT, and, and you can join our email list. On Fridays, we send out an email, and in that email, we're going to give you a link to our private Telegram chat. And we're going to close the part of the private Telegram chat starting this this coming Ash Wednesday. is going to be the last day for you to be able to join our private Telegram chat. So if you're going to want to join, and we're going to go through our own private devotions together, we're going to either go through the uh, St. Robert Bellarmine's Timeless Catechism. Uh, if you don't know who St. Robert Bellarmine is, he's, Bellarmine is, he's pretty amazing, a doctor of the church. Or, and I'm going to let you all vote on which one you all would prefer, is the Catechism of St. Thomas Aquinas. Uh, both excellent catechisms, and so you will have the opportunity to vote. Maybe I'll do a live stream uh, sometime this week, explaining the difference between the two catechisms, and then let y'all vote afterwards. And maybe that's something I'll do on our in our private Telegram chat. Uh, but you're going to want to be able to get in on that by joining our email list. Go to grnonline.com forward slash cdt. At 15 past the hour, we're going to talk about two very concerning stories that affect your children. One about YouTube kids. Do you ever just hand your iPad off or your iPhone off to your children and let them surf YouTube? Maybe not a good idea. And the other is the music your kids listen to. We're going to get in that 15 past the hour. At 30 past the hour, Colonel, um, Lieutenant Colonel Matt Dooley will be on to discuss the American-Chinese relations. The spy balloon was just the tip of the iceberg. And in the next hour, we're going to discuss how Our Lady protected our Lord from desecration in what one might call a minor miracle. And then, of course, we have our game show, Fear and Trembling. Uh, but before we jump into it all, good morning to you, Tito. Good morning to you, Rudy. Good morning, Adrian. Good morning, Rudy. Well, Tito, you're going to want to turn your, your mic on so that way they can actually hear you. Good, good morning, Tito. <laughs> good morning, Adrian. Good morning, Rudy. Good morning. Good morning. Yeah, your mic is a little hot, but uh, it's good morning to you. It's good to uh, have you all on this morning. And uh, the whenever you all have you all chose your independence already? You all know what you're going to do for Lent? 
have an idea. I have an idea. Yeah, I'll be. F- I, I well, it's the same. You're so gonna I go guess, vegan. Well, no, I, I've been giving <laughs> up meat on Wednesdays and Fridays. So oh, that's I, good. Yeah, but I think I need to do something more because I'm already doing that now permanently. Oh, okay. So I, see. Uh, I don't know. What about you, Rudy? Uh, whew, I don't know. I'm gonna have to figure out some fasting situation here. Yeah, I haven't picked out my Linton penances yet. I'm up in the air about it for now, but hmm, we're going to have to consider this and try to think about it. I really appreciate our private Telegram chat because they're giving a lot of suggestions. Yeah. A lot of these guys in the, in the in our Telegram chat are pretty intense. They have a, they're doing some pretty awesome penances, and I'm, I'm thinking, I don't know if I can handle that. You yeah, guys, it's pretty cool. Yeah. I like the idea of doing a, a Lenten journey together. So if you're interested in doing that, again, join that Telegram page. You're going to want to sign up to the email list at online forward slash CDT, and you'll find the way to uh, sign up to the email where the link will be sent out if you want to join the Telegram page. Yeah, for sure. And uh, make sure you hop on and join us so you can share with us what you're going to do for Lent. We're going to talk about that in the after show. That's 30 past the next hour. Uh, but without further ado, let's jump into the show with, uh, let's start off with a prayer. And, and you know, I was just thinking about a quote from St. Francis de Sales. He said, during Lent, let us make a spiritual retreat, withdrawing from the world and its distractions in order to draw closer to God. So let's make that our prayer intention today. And we're going to be praying for all of your intentions, whatever it is that you are struggling with today, whatever it is that you have going on in your life. I know everyone is struggling with something. Uh, so we're going to offer up this prayer for your intentions and that we make a holy Lent that we can withdraw from the world in order to draw closer to God. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Ghost, amen. Remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, that never was it known, that anyone who fled to thy protection, implored thy help, or sought thine intercession, was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, I fly unto thee, O Virgin of virgins, my mother. To thee do I come, before thee I stand, sinful and sorrowful. O Mother of the Word incarnate, despise not my petitions, but in thy mercy hear and answer me. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Amen. And now your headline news with Tito Edwards. Good morning, everyone. We've got some news items for you today. My name is Tito Edwards, and these are the headlines. The Catholic World Report wrote the Associated Press issued new guidelines advising reporters not to use the terms crisis pregnancy centers or pregnancy resource centers but to instead refer to centers that offer pro-life counseling and support as anti-abortion centers. The AP publishes the most widely used style guide, which journalists and editors across the country look to determine proper rules for coverage. According to the Daily Signal, the AP made the rule change in November 2022. Christy Hamrick, chief media and policy strategist at Students for Life of America, said, quote, the AP shows itself to be tongue-tied with political correctness and trying to finesse how to explain organizations dedicated to public service, end quote. Moving on, Church Pop reports a video showing the explosion of joy of some faithful who believe they saw the Virgin Mary during Mass recently went viral. Nigerian priest Father Augustine Mario shared the video on Twitter. The image captures the moment when the faithful jump for joy upon seeing a reflection of Our Lady on the wall behind the altar. The alleged image occurred at St. Clair Catholic Church in Kasarani, Kenya. 
Next, we have from Vatican News reports that Pope Francis thanked Our Lady upon his return to Rome. Pope Francis visited the Basilica of St. Mary Major upon his return to Rome and prayed before the icon of the Blessed Virgin Mary in thanksgiving for his apostolic journey to South Sudan and the Democratic Republic of Congo. The Pope prayed briefly before the icon of Maria Salus Populi Romani, which means salvation of the Roman peoples. Tradition holds that the icon of Maria Salus Populi Romani arrived in Rome during the reign of Pope St. Gregory the Great around 590 AD. And finally, the Catholic World Reports says the dictatorship in Nicaragua sentences a priest critical of the regime to 10 years in prison. The dictatorship led by President Ortega sentenced Father Oscar Danilo Benavides Davila to 10 years in prison for alleged crimes of conspiracy and spreading fake news to the detriment of the regime. A recent report from the Mechanism for the Recognition of Political Prisoners endorsed by the Inter-American Commission on Human Rights indicated that the number of political prisoners in Nicaragua have risen to 245 as of last month. I'm Tito Edwards, and these are today's headlines through a Catholic lens. Thank you very much, Tito, for keeping us up to date. The Gospel of the Day is Mark chapter 7, verses 14 through 23. And he called the multitude to him and said to them, Listen to me, all of you, and grasp this. Nothing that finds its way into a man from outside can make him unclean. What makes a man unclean is what comes out of a man. Listen, you that have ears to hear with. When he had gone into the house, away from the multitude, his disciples asked him the meaning of the parable. And he said to them, Are you still so slow of wit? Do you not observe that all the uncleanliness which goes into a man has no means of defiling him? because it travels not into his heart, but into the belly, and so finds its way into the sewer. Thus he declared all meat to be clean. And he told them that what defiles a man is that which comes out of him. For it is from within, from the hearts of men, that their wicked designs come, their sins of adultery, fornication, murder, theft, covetousness, malice, deceit, lasciviousness, envy, blasphemy, pride, and folly. All these evils come from within, and it is these which makes a man unclean. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Pseudo-Christendom says the Jews regarded and murmured about only the bodily purification of the law. Our Lord wishes to bring in the contrary. Wherefore it is said, And when he had called all the people unto him, he said unto them, Hearken unto me, everyone, and understand. There is nothing from without a man that entering into him can defile him, but the things which come out of a man. Those are which defile a man, that is, which make him unclean. The things of Christ have relation to the inner man, but those which are of the law are visible and external to which, as being bodily, the cross of Christ was shortly to put an end. What is this to say? This is to say that the ceremonial laws we see, we're seeing right here, our Lord abolishing and fulfilling by his very coming, 
the old law, the ceremonial laws. Obviously, the moral law remains, but the ceremonial law is passed away. And our Lord is very clear here by emphasizing, no, we, the, what you eat doesn't matter. But instead, it is the wickedness designs of your heart as well. So it's not simply doing bad things, but even that which is within your heart or maybe you might say within your brain, within your, within your mind, what you're thinking. And so our Lord says, you know, the sins of adultery, fornication, murder, theft, covetousness, malice, deceit, lasciviousness, envy, blasphemy, pride, and folly. And we're going to talk about pride and folly at 15 past the hour. Theophilus says, but the intention of the Lord in saying this was to teach men that the observing of meats, which the law commands, should not be taken in a carnal sense. And from this, he began to unfold to them the intent of the law. Again, pseudo Christum says, again, he subjoins, if any man have ears to hear, let him hear. For he had not clearly shown them what those things are which proceed out of a man and defile a man. On account of the saying, the apostles thought that the foregoing discourse of the Lord implied some deep thing, wherefore there follows. And when he had entered into the house of the people, his disciples asked him concerning the parable. They called it a parable because it was not clear. That's funny because the, the, the apostles are over here. They're saying, oh, that's a very interesting parable, my Lord. Uh, please explain it to us. And our Lord looks to him and goes, are you kidding? It, it's, I meant exactly what I said. It's not what enters the man that defiles him. It's within the heart. So he says literally the exact same thing a second time. And the apostle's like, oh, you want us to do what? Because remember, they, these are good Jews. They are practicing the ceremonial law. They follow the ceremonial law, and they have lo- lived their entire lives doing so. So for them, this is a huge shocker. The gloss says, it says, therefore, into his heart, that is, into his mind, which is the principal part of his soul, on which his whole life depends. Wherefore, it is necessary that according to the state of his heart, a man should be called clean or unclean, and thus whatsoever does not reach the soul cannot bring pollution to the man. So let's focus on this today. Let's focus on this idea that it is what is in our minds that defiles us. Venerable Bede says, From this passage are condemned those men who suppose that thoughts are put into them by the devil and do not arise from their own evil will. The devil may excite and help on evil thoughts. He cannot be their author. So yes, those evil thoughts, they're on you. So let's try to think of holy things. How to do this? Think of Our Lady. Anytime you have evil thoughts, put Our Lady in the forefront of your mind. It's your conscience here again. You know you want it. I'm talking, of course, about the 2023 Mercedes-Benz CLA 250C. And on Friday, February 24th, it could be all yours if your name is drawn. Just go to grnonline.com or call 888-784-3476. Tickets are $25 each or 5 for 100 So what are you waiting for? 
Hello, this is Steve Gleason with your one-minute tool for Catholic evangelism. Here's the question for your non-Catholic friend. Can you really say you know what praying the rosary is all about? So here's your three best friendship tools for Catholic evangelism. Number one, listen to the who's who of the rosary. We have the Blessed Trinity. We have the Angel Gabriel. We have the Virgin Mary. We have John the Baptist. And we have Elizabeth. So how's that for a cast of sacred ones? Secondly, reflection. While saying the rosary, we reflect on 20 primary and sacred moments that occur in the lives of the Holy Family. And thirdly, the rosary dynamics. Here's how you involve this cast of holy ones in praying the rosary. You first invoke the three persons of the Blessed Trinity. Then, on to praying the Apostles' Creed. Then you will pray in Our Father. Then you will recite the angel Gabriel's words to Mary. Then you'll recite what Mary said to Elizabeth. And then you will relive John the Baptist being filled with the Holy Spirit in the womb. Then you will ask for Mary's assistance in your life. And I'm so glad to say none of that is idolatry. We are back. Welcome to Catholic Drive Time. This is your host, Adrian Fonseca. And today, you know, I'd like to say say I have uh, some good news, some some good things to share with you. But I actually uh, got a little bit of bad news, a little bit of bad news. But don't worry. We're going to uh, talk about this. And I think you're going to like the way these stories are going to end. Uh, But let's start with this very concerning story. Aldo uh, Batuzini, I don't know how to say his last name, he works with uh, Prager University, and they they are producing a lot of children's content, so I guess the, this was a good opportunity to talk about that with, for him. But I really enjoyed, he had this this Twitter thread, which I'm hoping he's going to write up in, in an article, because this thread is a little, little difficult to follow. But he put up this Twitter thread, on YouTube kids grooming children with LGBTQ propaganda. That's the title of the thread. If you're in our private Telegram chat, then um, I actually shared that thread with you so you can actually read along with me. But here is what he said. He said, I made an account, referring to YouTube kids. So if you know what YouTube kids is, you know, they YouTube, whenever you download it, you know, they, there's a lot of videos on YouTube that you don't want your children finding. So YouTube designed YouTube Kids, which is already restricted. And so it can't access normal YouTube. And that's supposed to be kid safe. And it's supposed to promote kid content, things that are made just for kids. And that's what it's supposed to be promoting. So Aldo was uh, trying to, you know, look into this, look into, okay, what's YouTube Kids about? And so he made an account, and he said, what I found was disgusting. He said, I made an account for 9 to 12-year-olds, because you can choose. You can have 9 to 12-year-olds, 6 to 8, or age 4 and under. Those are the options. He decided to make a 9 to 12-year-olds. And he said one of the first videos they recommended was, quote, kids meet a gender nonconforming person. That was one of the first videos that it was recommending. So here's, uh, the, then he posts a bunch of screenshots, and I'm going to read to you some of the titles here. And one of the titles, uh, song compilation, queer kid stuff. We're launching a parenting podcast, identity, identify, identity compilation with queer kid stuff, gender compilation, happy non-binary week. These are all videos that are uh, some of the first things that pop up. Uh, weekly Wednesday songs and stories with queer kid. Uh, these are the things that are coming up right here. Welcome to activist you. These, uh, what does gay mean? Learning our LGBTs. Instead of ABCs, you're learning your LGBTs. Happy LGBTQ Pride. Pride song. 
All these are the videos that are popping up. And one of the most prominent channels on YouTube Kids is Queer Kid Stuff, where they break down the infinite sexualities in the LGBTQ group and detail what each letter means. This is uh, very concerning. Some of the other videos that were there. Prince Henry, a gay fairy tale. Another one titled just I'm gay. Uh, another one here. It's okay to be gay. It's the, there's tons of these. Uh, B is for bisexual. T is for trans. Uh, many of the episodes feature drag queens and queer kids. They have this, this person who I, is, goes by the title Miss Tur, which is a drag queen, talking about it's okay to be gay. And it's a lip sync song. Another, which I thought was also kind of odd, there's a, a video here with a, with a host, Lindsay Amar, an American LGBTQ activist, and recognized by GLAAD and TED conferences when they're doing a video on what is Islam, which I thought was a little weird. Uh, it doesn't seem very congruent for Islam and, and queer to be uh, in, in together in the same sentence. But one of the most bizarre things is a videos teaching children how to give consent and you're immediately like oh what is what are they consenting to right and they say uh, the this the article here or the twitter thread rather says they said it's about kids toys and playing but there is more sinister undertones given the culture rise of maps and i want to play for you a video that they posted in this in this uh twitter thread that was very concerning it's it's a section of a longer 10-minute video. This is only a minute and a half, so I recommend you finding the Twitter thread and uh, playing it. But here's the here's the video. Can a child consent to playing soccer outside with his buddies? Sure. Can he consent to having sex with an adult? Absolutely not. So you got all these minor attractive people who want to lower the age of consent for everything and just basically give kids agency for everything in their lives and take away parental control completely. That is my stance. My stance. There we go. Okay. My stance is I want to decouple age and consent. I think the two have no no bearing with it. So do you think a 12-year-old should be able to consent to sex with an adult? Here's what I think. I think that um, different people mature at different rates. Everyone would agree with that. Let's ask that question again. Okay. If I may. Absolutely. Do you think a 12-year-old... Do you think any 12 can consent to sex with an adult? It doesn't sound good, but a mature adult that understands the concept of consent. Why should we limit someone by their age? Ooh. Why should we couple age with consent? My man, this is not going to look good on Twitter later. All right. That's, uh, that's what I want to say. Is I think, think a 12-year-old can consent to sex with an adult. That's horrid. That's what we call rape. Statutory rape is defined as someone who's under 18. Yep, there you go, folks. Um, this is what they are going towards. They are trying to promote what they call minor attracted people and say that kids can consent. I mean, if kids can consent to chopping off their genitals, right? If they can change their gender, if they can change their sex, why can't they consent to other things, right? This is where they're headed. And that leads to the next story that I thought was very interesting. And this was what was happening at the Grammys. A transvestite Tim Petras receives award at the 65th Grammy Award with homosexual Sam Smith for their single Unholy. And I is a compilation of different articles, uh, mostly from the Daily Wire. So um, there's different different art, uh, authors to this to these articles. Petrus thanked Madonna. I thought that was interesting. He's thanking or she he he's thanking Madonna. Forget uh, 
Tim Petras, goes by some female name, thanked Madonna and all the incredible transgender legends before me. Is he saying that Madonna is a transgender legend? Is is Madonna transgender? And I thought it was kind of funny the the author here um, using the title of their of their single "Unholy" and just said the unholy performer. And I'm like, yes, that's very true. The unholy performer also had words of praise for Sam in the days leading up to the Grammy, saying, "Honestly, the world doesn't deserve Sam. Sam's just such an angel and a sweet person and so talented. This is a very magical collaboration." And goes on to talk about artistic queer kids. He also says the song "Unholy." It is about a father abandoning his family at home to visit a sex club. This is very bad. This is the music. This is the type of music that they're promoting to your children. Don't let your kids listen to this garbage. Do not let your children listen to pop music. Pop music is all satanic. The song praises, get this, the song praises Balenciaga. The song has uh, Smith in his performance wore a hat with horns it was encircled by dancers that used props that made allusions to BDSM themes. If you don't know what that is, I'm not going to explain it. According to Hollywood Reporter, the song praises Balenciaga and social media influencer Ayeen Miles Chong noted in a tweet that contained a screenshot of the song's lyrics. This is very bad. And the, this year's show was also sponsored none other than pharmaceutical giant Pfizer. Oh, wow. Can you believe that? I thought it was, I thought it was too on the nose. It was very funny because people started commenting on it. They said, Sam Smith has a satanic Grammy performance, and it's sponsored by Pfizer. You can't make this stuff up. Another person, uh, conservative Charlie Kirk, uh, said on Twitter, The Devil, brought to you by Pfizer. Uh, another Twitter said, Twitter user said, that They really ran the sponsored by Pfizer right after the satanic demon performance of the Grammys. This stuff is getting too obvious. Uh, Senator uh, Representative Ma- uh, Majority Taylor Green said the Grammys featured Sam Smith's demonic performance and was sponsored by Pfizer. That, and she goes on, and the Satanic Church now has an abortion clinic in New Mexico that requires its patients to perform a Satanic ritual before services. American conservatives, American Christians need to get to work. Wow, we need to do a whole show on that topic. I didn't even know that was a thing. Uh, finally, Smith said, the music industry is just not used to queer artists. I have to say, I think the music industry is, in fact, used to queer artists. I don't think that's a problem. That's why people call it Holly Weird. Uh, it's a very common term people use. Uh, Tito, what, is your, what do you think about all of this going on? They're no longer pretending. It's, it's, they're straight in your face about it. It's, it's obvious. And the silence from, it used to have, they would report, the people being upset about it when Madonna did all of her diabolical videos back in the 80s and 90s. Now you only hear it from conservative or Catholic or Christian outlets, Catholic outlets, of course. And uh, it is diabolical. It, we, they have desensitized us. When, when they say, oh, you guys are old fogies back in the 80s when we were all 10 and 12, uh, oh, I was. And, <laughs> and they said, you guys are just being prudes. No, it, it's a, it's a, it, it evolves. They are, they were desensitizing us. They were preparing us for today. And so I, I just, my imagination cannot go any further because I don't know what else is going to come next. 
They're going to start forcing mm-hmm. us. I mean, I, I guess that that's the next step. They're going to start putting this in kindergarten classes, making them watch this stuff. They're no yeah. longer teaching, but they're going to show videos of it. For sure, for sure. I mean, we saw it. I mean, the YouTube Kids is pr- promoting this, and we uh, the music especially people were make fun of our grandparents our great grandparents who were saying oh rock and roll is, is satanic oh this music is going to destroy our kids and they're like oh see the people back then thought that elvis presley and rock and roll music was going to destroy our country and they were so wrong look at us today but whoops i guess i guess they were Right, because you no, know, we see what resulted from all that bad music, and people are like, "Oh, but uh, the good old days with classical rock and rock and roll—it was so good." And no, this was all leading to this. It's a slippery slope, and we have slipped down. And like Tito said, I don't know how much further we could go. But you know, I said I was going to end with some good news, and the good news is this idea of Satan, Satan's. Phrase, non servum, I will not serve. He says, not thy will, but my will be done, was the calling card of Satan. But we know we have someone in our corner that can combat Satan and defeat Satan. That is the Blessed Virgin Mary. So have the Blessed Virgin on your side because she destroys Satan with her fiat saying, Behold the handmaid of the Lord, be it done unto me according to thy word. St. Padre Pio said, Mary, the mother of God, defeated Satan by her fiat, by her humility, and by her faith. Focus on Our Lady. Find music that promotes her and show that to your children. Tell stories of the glories of Mary instead of showing them YouTube kids. St. Maximilian Colby said, Mary's humility is the counterbalance to Satan's pride. And for in her lowliness, she brought forth the Savior of the world. St. Louis de Mumford said, Mary's humility is a shining example. For she showed that true greatness comes not from pride, but from a humble heart. St. John Bosco, Mary's humility is the antithesis of Satan's pride. For she showed the world that true greatness is found in lowliness of heart. So let's have devotion to Our Lady this morning. We'll be right back. Hello, this is Steve Gleason with your one-minute tool for Catholic evangelism. Here's the question for your non-Catholic friend. Your only daughter met a fine young man who was a committed Mormon. She now wants to join his church. What's your answer? Well, here's your three best friendship tools for Catholic evangelism. Number one, a reason for no. Doctrinal positions such as the deity of Jesus and the Trinity. Your reason for yes. You deem seemingly moral character as superseding biblical truth. Secondly, orthodoxy. Your answer is probably no. But how and why? Your resistance to Mormon doctrine does not just come straight down from the Bible. It comes from the first five centuries of brilliant theologians, bishops, and popes. These Catholics wrote, debated, and fought for truth. Example, in 250 AD, 311, and 417, three different popes excommunicated three different heretics, Sibelius, Arius, and Pelagius. They denied the Trinity, the eternal deity of Jesus, or taught that human effort warranted salvation. Would your pastor excommunicate a heretic? Well, unfortunately, your pastor can only remove someone from his local congregation, but that's okay. That guy will probably end up being welcomed to the church down the street.
Hey Sita, how do you ask, do you love Catholic radio in German? Liebst du das katholische Radio? How about support it by purchasing car raffle tickets for a 2023 Mercedes-Benz CLA 250? Unterstütze es mit dem Kauf eines Tickets, mit dem du einen 2023 Mercedes-Benz CLA 250 gewinnen kannst. Hmm, okay. How about get yours at grnonline.com forward slash raffle? Kauf eins auf grnonline.com forward slash raffle. Thank you. I needed that for a PSA. Cool. When are you recording it? Right now. Oh, danke. Welcome back to the Catholic Drive Time Show. Today is Tuesday, February 7th, and these are your headlines for today. The Catholic News Agency reports the police say church, a church vandal was about to break into the tabernacle until he saw the statue of Mary. Sheriff Jason Massey of the Logan County Sheriff's Office in Arkansas told CNA that when they brought the suspect in, he confessed to the crime. But the suspect told the police after he looked up and saw a statue of Mary, he couldn't continue to break open the tabernacle as he had planned to. Quote, he decided he just couldn't do it, end quote, Massey said. I think he felt it was wrong in that point. Our next story comes from Zenit. Zenit reports that Germany announced there were only 48 candidates to the priesthood in the whole country in 2022. The number of ordained priests have also decreased. According to data for 2021, there are 21.6 million Catholics registered in Germany. Of those, only 4% attend Mass on Sundays. The Vatican News reports that the Pope is grieving for victims of quakes in Turkey and Syria. Pope Francis is saddened by the huge loss of life caused by earthquakes in Turkey and Syria. His words of closeness and assurances of prayers came in telegrams sent to the apostolic nuncios of the countries. The Pope entrusted, quote, those who died to the loving mercy of the Almighty, end quote, and sent his heartfelt condolences to those who mourn their loss. And finally, from the Catholic News Agency, the four chaplains, selfless heroes of World War II, were honored on, the, on their 80th anniversary of their deaths. A crowd of military vet veterans, their families, and Boy Scouts filled St. Stephen's Church in Kearney, New Jersey on Sunday to honor the four chaplains, a band of men of different faiths who all sacrificed their lives to save others on the torpedoed USAT Dorchester 80 years ago. The four chaplains were Father John Washington, a priest, Reverend George Fox, a Methodist minister, Rabbi Alexander Goody, and Reverend Clark Pulling of the Reformed Church. They all gave their life jackets to save others when their ship was torpedoed in the frigid North Atlantic in 1943. And I'm Tito Edwards, and these are today's headlines through a Catholic lens. Thank you very much, Tito, for keeping us up to date. And, you know, joining us in just a moment, we're going to have Lieutenant Colonel Matt Dooley on to talk about this Chinese spy balloon. And, you know, the thing about this whole thing was when it first heard the story, I was like, hmm, it's really, it's a little concerning, but, you know, I'm, I'm going to wait to see how this thing plays out. Uh, but then it started getting, it started going on and on. And I was like, why, why is this still a story? And it didn't get settled until finally it finally got shot out of the sky. And I was like, okay, finally we're done with this. And then we kept on finding out more. They started blaming Trump for this. They were saying, oh, well, this was a, this happened under Trump many times. 
and it was no big deal. And then what really concerned me was the fact that China responded by saying, hey, you should not have done this. This was wrong for y'all to do so, and uh, China will defend its interest, and we reserve the right to respond accordingly. I'm thinking, what? What? Like, why are you? Why are they responding that way? Usually, they respond, "Oh, that wasn't us. We didn't do that," and just lie. But they're saying, "No, I mean, that was that was Chinese. I mean, it was it was in military." They claim, but you know, whenever Americans are caught for in foreign areas doing spying. Uh, the American government immediately goes, oh, that wasn't us. No, 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 nothing to see here. Um, and so Lieutenant Colonel Matt Dooley is joining us right now. Uh, what was your analysis, uh, Colonel Dooley, about this whole situation? I was uh, very flabbergasted by everything going on. Well, well first and foremost, uh, all countries spy on each other. Uh, so we can't be surprised. Uh, that you're, you're looking at uh, folks gathering intelligence, whether it's signals intelligence or image intelligence uh, or open source intelligence, everyone is always collecting. Um, the, the Chinese normal method uh, is not necessarily to target very specific uh, types of intelligence uh, and have a, a coordinated mission. Uh, they, they gather more like a vacuum cleaner uh, or a thief walking through a hotel who's just trying doors. And if the door happens to be open, they'll open the door and go in and see what's there. Uh, what this is interesting, uh, to me is that you're, you're looking at a very specific type, uh, of, of intelligence gathering using a balloon. So the first thing you've got to ask is why a balloon? Uh, do they not have satellites? They do have satellites just like we do, but the use of a balloon communicates the fact that maybe their satellites aren't sophisticated enough to gather the types of intelligence they need. So, you know, what do you gain by using a balloon at 60,000 feet that you couldn't use with a satellite? Um, well, clearly a, a camera that's, that's closer to you rather than 50 miles away or 250 miles away, if it's only 60,000 feet, uh, can see a little more clearly. Uh, inside our atmosphere, you may be able to gather uh, signal intelligence and intercept communications, whether it's cell phone or radio, that you might not be able to have access to uh, if you're you know, talking about a satellite geosynchronous orbit. Uh, so uh, that, that tells me something about the intel. Uh, the second thing is um, I, I'm not so sure whether or not we've had balloons in the past uh, that came over the United States. We know that, uh, that China has used balloons in the past and in other areas. So this is not like a, a necessarily a new technology. Uh, it's something that uh, for the first time we're acknowledging actually came over top of the United States. Whether that's intentional or not, uh, maybe, you know, China deliberately trying to obfuscate. Uh, I do find it interesting that they're upset that we shot it down. Uh, I don't think they should be surprised that we shot it down. Uh, but I do find it interesting that, uh, that they're trying to bully us, uh, in the, in the public sphere by saying we reserve the right to act. Uh, well, well, so do we, obviously, uh, because we, we knocked it down. <clears throat> I think you know, to, to my last point, there's two things uh, that you, you have to consider. Shooting it down sends a message, and not shooting it down sends a message. So we had to act here. Uh, either way, we're going to communicate something. If we hadn't shot it down, uh, the reply is going to be more balloons coming directly over the United States. So knocking it down was something we had to do. The question about when to knock it down uh, is, a, is a, both a tactical and a strategic question. Um, a lot of which we really can't talk about uh, because it's classified. 
um, I have an understanding that, you know, there are things that we can gain from, from signal intercept, uh, understanding what it's collecting, how it's collecting it, and how it's sending it back would be useful uh, to our military and would be useful to our administration. That's the only thing that makes sense to me why you'd let the balloon traverse the entire United States before you knocked it down. Uh, as for me, uh, I would have shot it down immediately uh, to prevent uh, it from gathering any data. But I could see uh, you can make the argument uh, that letting it go through and cycling through, if you're convinced that it's not transmitting anything back or you can jam it, uh, might be useful uh, in gathering how it collects before you ultimately knock it down. You know, the other thing that I found interesting was the fact that it made it to the U.S. before it was spotted. I don't know how our technology works in detecting things like this, uh, but I presumably, I, at least I always just assumed that we had the technology to be able to detect things like that in the air. For instance, if I try to get a drone, a, a small little drone to take videos, if I'm in certain airspaces, I can get in major trouble and people have been caught very uh, commonly flying small drones in areas they're not supposed to, yet a balloon floating through the United States wasn't caught until it was already uh, seen by civilians? Is Are we supposed to believe that? Or like you were saying a second ago, is it more the case that they probably already knew it was coming and they just let it come for other reasons that we don't know? Yeah, I think it's, it's interesting to, to observe the, the layers of reveal uh, on when we say we actually detected it. Uh, there's evidence now and admission that we detected this off the coast of Alaska. Uh, but we didn't know anything about it in the media. The American public uh, didn't uh, know about it until we're talking about it over Montana. Um, we had the ability to detect it, uh, watch it go over the Aleutians, watch it go over Alaska, watch it go into Canada and then back out of Canada into, into the United States. So we were tracking it. Um, from a military perspective, uh, the, the media and the American people didn't uh, begin the conversation really until I got over Montana. And it was obvious when you can look up and see it. Uh, so I guess the question is, what, what uh, what's the difference between detecting it uh, now versus uh, other balloons uh, years ago or months ago? Uh, the question is, I think, probably is, is the proximity of the balloon to the continental United States and, and whether or not it comes over us. We don't care as much if it goes over uh, other territory. Lieutenant Colonel, this is uh, Tito Edwards. I have two points and then a question. The first one is, I recall the Japanese sent uh, balloons over and with bombs attached to it, and one of them actually made it to Oregon. My second point is, is that I may have mis misread this in the news two or three days ago, but they spotted one of the Chinese spy balloons off the coast of Carolina. Now, that means either the U.S. was tracking it when it was going across the Pacific through Alaska, Canada, and the U.S., or it went through the huge Eurasian continent. With, with those two points, I'm just curious, what uh, what can the Chinese do besides expel a low-level diplomat as, as, as a form of retaliation? And, and I'm just I'm surprised that they even mentioned that they're going to retaliate at all, because anything like that, I'm assuming the U.S. would just ignore and we'll have to get to that question at the other side of the break. We're going to take a short uh, stop right here. And at the other side of the break, we're going to get to that question and much, much more. For instance, what does the future look like against the Chinese government? What are we expecting to happen as a result of this? All this and more in just one moment.
Hello, this is Steve Gleason with your one-minute tool for Catholic evangelism. Here's the question for your non-Catholic friend. How much havoc would be caused at your church if your pastor brought a big statue of St. Peter or St. Paul and placed them in the sanctuary? Well, here's your three best friendship tools for Catholic evangelism. Number one, history's on the side of the Catholic Church. Christian art in many forms dates way back to about 120 A.D., and so do those various Christian symbols which we still see today. You know, a dove, a fish, a lamb. Why are those okay? Secondly, the Bible, Exodus, Numbers, and Ezekiel. All these books show God telling Moses, David, or Ezekiel to carve out images of angels that were used in worship. And and thirdly, a tough comeback, especially for my guy friends. Does Cooperstown, Canton, or Cleveland mean anything to you? Yep, the Hall of Fame locations filled with statues, jerseys, bats, and balls. Memorabilia is a $37 billion industry, but you say, don't bring a statue into my church. Well, how many of you guys have admired one of those bronze statues of an athlete? I'd rather stare at St. Peter's, Paul, and Mary in my church, and I'm not talking about the old folk band. I bet you're wondering to yourself, how can I win a 2023 Mercedes-Benz CLA 250C? Easy. Just go to grnonline.com or call 888-784-3476. Only $25 a ticket or five tickets for $100. The drawing is February 24th, 2023. So, do you feel lucky? Well... Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time. This is your host, Adrian Fonseca. And today we're talking to Lieutenant Colonel Matt Dooley. And we're talking about the Chinese spy balloon. And that came over the U.S. Before the break, uh, Tito was asking about the fact that they're sending balloons over. And... What can China actually end up doing? He, they were expelling a low-level diplomat from the U.S., uh, but what kind of leverage or what kind of action can China actually do to the U.S.? I mean, we have the best defense, which is the ocean between us. It's not like we're Taiwan or Japan or or maybe all the countries surrounding Russia. We're, we're separated by half the world. So what can they do? Lieutenant Colonel, thank you, back. Thank you for joining us. Uh, what, do you, what say you? Yeah, I think, uh, you know, they're upset because they have to save face. Uh, it's embarrassing if this balloon went someplace that, that they, they didn't want it to go. Um, I don't believe that for a second. Um, but it's also embarrassing that, that we chose to publicly knock it down. Uh, the, the video of an F-22 shooting an A9X uh, sidewinder and knocking it down does demonstrate some power. Uh, so thinking in terms of, of how they view the world um, and you know, an Asian mindset, for East Asia, they've got to save face. Uh, so I understand our our competitor and how they view uh, the, the political um, environment where they've got to create an image of power, uh, show dominance uh, against the United States. And so uh, they've got to do something uh, to, to compensate for having a balloon knocked down. Uh, do I think that uh, it's going to create some sort of critical vulnerability for the United States? No. Um, I, I do think it does add some tension uh, to uh, an environment where we've already got some conflict, um, some differences of opinion about Taiwan, some differences of opinion about American forward presence uh, of our military assets in the Pacific, uh, some tension uh, around how they've handled Hong Kong, some tension about how they respond to our collection assets uh, as we fly aircraft off the coast uh, and collect information on, on them. So you can see, you could reasonably expect uh, the next diplomatic meeting whenever that occurs 
for this topic to come up and for it to be a, a little bit uh, contentious. You know, when I first heard their, the Chinese response about that, I was it, I was listening to different commentators talk about this, and, and one person was making the point that the reason why they were concerned about this is because it seemed to them that China didn't really care how the U.S. responded, that they were saying, well, they we don't really have anything to lose. If we provoke them into war because we are uh, blatantly sending things into them, they don't care. If they decide to do nothing, they also don't care. And it just seems that China is being very unpredictable, in the, and that's scary to not know what your enemy is planning. Uh, what do you think is the attitude for China? Many people have also made the point, and we talked about this in the past when you've been on, the fact that China has so many men, many uh, countries in the past have said that when a when a country has more men and they know what to do with, they usually go to war. Uh, so what say you, Matt Dooley? Yeah, I think you've got to observe uh, what they say um, and what they what they do. Uh, they're not always the same thing. Um, you should observe all the different lines of effort. Uh, that they have engaging all over the world, the, the Belt and Road Initiative, which is a, an economic expansion program, um, an influence program uh, that they have worked uh, over the last couple of decades to gain influence and access uh, to, to Africa, to other poor nations using uh, their need for infrastructure development uh, as a means to get in there. Um, clearly, the, the China uh, has a policy uh, and an intent to uh, compete against the United States uh, and to become the world leader uh, at our expense. Um, I think they would prefer to do that um, without war, but because we do compete uh, and we have uh, national interests that are different from theirs, uh, there are going to be friction points. Uh, no one wants war, uh, but there are clearly some concerns uh, that a nation that speaks as it does or becomes more bellicose or has a, a, a high male population uh, compared to their female population, there definitely are some statistical uh, trends uh, that, that would give one concern. Uh, but you know, Chinese uh, policy versus Chinese reality uh, aren't always in alignment. Um, and I would caution folks uh, to be a little bit less um, catastrophizing. Uh, they've got some real concerns uh, economically and some real challenges they have to overcome internally. Uh, they aren't monolithic. Uh, they aren't 10 feet tall. Uh, and, and they're better suited uh, to a peaceful coexistence with us than they are provoking us into a war. Right. And, you know, it's interesting because we kind of found this out the, the hard way with Russia. We kind of had this illusion that Russia was this massive superpower. And they are in the sense that they have nuclear weapons in that sense. But we overestimated, at least as the general population, how powerful Russia was in terms of their army and and because we expected Russia to go in and take Ukraine in a couple days, yet the, the battle has gone on and on and on. And we've been very surprised by that. In the same way, I mean, it's hard to actually estimate and see what is going on in China, what is reality and what is propaganda. Uh, so do you think that China, in terms of militarily, you mentioned economically, uh, and socially, do you think they are prepared for a war? Can they? Do they actually have the infrastructure and and the power to to fight? Yeah, I think there's a there's an old expression uh, that comes up frequently in conversations um, that, that I uh, engage in. 
Uh, amateurs talk tactics. Professionals talk logistics. Anybody can provoke a war. All wars are popular in their first 30 days. But can you sustain the engagement once it begins? Uh, and the, the Russians have discovered the challenges of when you go into uh, a war, not prepared to sustain it for the long haul. Uh, China will have to do the same thing. It is not a trivial uh, challenge to move men, resources, and assets from the mainland uh, into to Taiwan, for example. Uh, but conquering the rest of the Pacific, uh, as the Japanese discovered, uh, taking it and retaining it is a challenge. We also discovered uh, that retaking it uh, and, and moving towards the Japanese mainland uh, in 44 and 45 uh, were challenges. Just the, the tyranny of distance, not alone what it takes to move the Iron Mountains of supply. Uh, those, those are difficult things. And modern warfare consumes men and machines at a horrific rate. There is a the, the sense that uh, if you can't win it in the first 15 minutes, you've got a real problem, uh, whether you're on the offense or the defense. And so that's what we're seeing uh, playing out uh, in Eastern Europe. Um, and what I'm sure, uh, absolutely, I bet you a month of paychecks uh, would play out in any war in the Pacific. We're all much better off keeping, keeping it peaceful because the sustained war over time uh, will be something that neither side can afford. And what about the American public? We, as Americans, have not really seen war in a very long time, and we don't have the stomach. I mean, we saw even just seeing reports of one or two uh, members of our military uh, get killed overseas. Uh, we, as Americans, are just we just we can't handle it. And we, as Catholics, are we are not pacifists, but we're also anti-war. So we don't. We don't want to go to war, but we're also not pacifists. We understand that sometimes war is necessary. Uh, so what do you think about the American public? Do we have the stomach for war? Is it even possible to have a real sustained war uh, with the the current state of Americans? I think uh, it's a two-part question. Uh, the first one, you know, looking over uh, the global war on terror, uh, we were able to sustain uh, multiple brigades uh, in two different locations in Iraq and Afghanistan generally, plus engagements all over the world uh, for well over 20 years. Uh, I think that the rest of the world expected us uh, to not have the stomach uh, to do what we did uh, after September 11th. So there is some evidence that, that we have the capacity and the willingness uh, to do um, what is necessary. And 30 days after 9-11, and we'd gone to war, the rest of the American public went back to its regularly scheduled programming. So there is an ability, at least for our military, to create some separation and distance between what has to happen globally uh, versus, you know, what, what we feel at home. Uh, which leads me to my, my second point, is that we haven't seen the kind of national commitment necessary to fight at the levels that would be necessary uh, in, a, in a global conflagration uh, that, that you know, a war with China would look like. Um, we haven't seen that since World War II or World War I. Uh, and that, I'm hesitant to predict uh, either way. Uh, the, the Nazis viewed us as slackers. The Japanese didn't respect us um, because of you know, the, the roaring 20s in the sense that, that we... Uh, going through the depression, just weren't ready as a nation. Uh, and we surprised everyone. 
Uh, I think that the resiliency of the American people, though we don't want war, if you unify us, there is no nation more capable of rising to the cause. I still believe that. I still believe in the fundamental capability of the American people to galvanize around a true effort and get done what, what that which must be done. Uh, I, I'm not spoiling for a fight. Uh, but if it comes to that, if it's a, a true existential threat, uh, I think we'll rise to the occasion because I've seen it historically. That's that's uh, that's a good hopeful note. Uh, I hate to uh, take that hopeful note and and then go to a to a question that's uh, less less uh, happy. But uh, last question, you know, the, the topic of uh, TikTok has been humongous, and there's been more and more people talking about banning it. Will we see a federal ban on TikTok? And for people who are not aware, could you briefly tell us the threat of TikTok? Uh, well, TikTok is a Chinese-made app, um, and so when you look at when you enter, enter your information and accept um, its access to your system, you're giving up um, a lot of private information, uh, and you're permitting it to collect uh, on you via whatever device you have it uh, hooked up on. So the issue of of what TikTok does is more than just give you funny videos and access to to what your friends post. It's a collection device. And so I don't have that app on my phone. I, I don't have anybody in my family uh, who uses it. You may look at a, a TikTok video, but you don't. You don't have the app on your system. Yeah, that's it's really bad. I've um, we've seen. Um, what concerned me was the fact that it was banned off of federal devices, but it wasn't forced on private devices. So um, our members of our military who have their private phones and they have it on their phone, will we see a, a federal ban completely of TikTok? Because I know, I know Trump was wanting to do that. I would definitely do it. Uh, it's, a, it's a security risk. Awesome. Well, thank you very much, Lieutenant Colonel Matt Dooley, for joining us. It's always a pleasure having you on. And in the next hour, we're going to have our game show, Fear and Trembling. So make sure you're ready for that. And I'm going to tell you about a, a possible miracle. Did we see a miracle happen in America? We're going to talk about that in the in the next hour, uh, but make sure to join us. If you're going to take off, then God bless you. God love you. We'll see you tomorrow, 6 a.m. Central. If you can join us, we'll see you in the next hour and in our after show at 30 past the next hour. We'll see you then. Hi, I'm Debbie Giorgiani. And I'm Adam Bly. We're the hosts of The Spirit World every Saturday morning on the Guadalupe Radio Network. Join us as we help answer your questions on angels, demons, and how the physical and spiritual worlds interact. That's The Spirit World from the Station of the Cross studios every Saturday at 11 a.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Central, right here on the Guadalupe Radio Network. Hello, this is Steve Gleason with your one-minute tool for Catholic evangelism. Here's the question for your non-Catholic friend. Is the very contemporary popular idea that a faith alone salvation, which occurs by repenting of sins and asking Jesus in one's heart, sufficient to enter and warrant heaven upon death? I say, no, it's not. Many evangelicals will say, just follow the Romans road, which is four verses snatched out of the book of Romans, and when followed, heaven is promised. Well, here's your three best friendship tools for Catholic evangelism. Number one, the Bible. The Gospels, nor the epistles, nor the apostolic and early church fathers ever wrote anything 
anything like this mechanical approach. Secondly, the marriage experience. After wrongdoing and temporary departure from your family, does a simple one-time, hey honey, I'm really sorry, bring you back into the family? And thirdly, teaching at the Catholic Church, water baptism, loving God and neighbor, which is displayed by consistent acts of charity while maintaining a perseverant hope of heaven is the surest way to God's eternal presence. And my pesky comeback, that Romans road is presumptuous and significantly dumbs down the holy value and price of salvation. And remember, that Romans road has some potholes. Marty, the GRN is raffling off a 2023 Mercedes-Benz CLA 250C. Whoa, Doc, that's heavy. What, are we going to have to, like, go back in time to get tickets? Not at all, Marty. Just call 888-784-3476 or go to grnonline.com. We better hurry, Marty. The drawing takes place February 24th, the year 2023. We really need one of those smartphones, Doc. In your car, at the office, or in your home, we're always here. This is the Guadalupe Radio Network, radio for your soul. Father Cedric Bazania from Holy Name Retreat Center in Houston. You're listening to AM 1430 KSHJ Houston, part of the Guadalupe Radio Network, radio for your soul. Tuesday morning. It's a good day to be on Catholic Radio, and it's a good day to be heading to work, heading to school. Life is good because God is good. Amen. 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 Preach it, brother. Is it Friday yet, though? Almost. Almost. <laughs> We're just right around the corner. It's just around the riverbed, as a famous person once said. But in this hour, at 30 past the hour, we're going to be playing our Fear and Trembling game show. If you want to get in on that, then you got to make sure to hop on the phone lines early. How to do that, you ask? Well, just go to grnonline.com forward slash cdt. And you can hop on the phones. We have our phone number listed there. And you can call in right now, actually, if you want to be our winner. And let me give you a small little tease of what the prize is. If you're watching online, you can see what I'm showing. But if you're not watching online, then you're going to have to wait to the next hour before you can hear about what I'm gonna, what we're going to be giving away. It's a pretty epic prize, I must say. But if you are not part of our email list, you're going to want to join our email list because we are giving away a, not giving away, we are inviting you to join our private Telegram chat. And that's where the team here at CDT interacts with you directly. We're in a group chat together, respond to your questions, comments, or concerns. And there's just a good Catholic community so we can give each other advice, uh, share a prayer request, that kind of thing. All that is in our Telegram chat. And for this Lent, I'm going to close the Telegram chat so it's going to be locked. So only the people who are in by Ash Wednesday will be able to join our Telegram chat. And I'm not going to open it up again until after Easter. And when we do, we're going to be doing our own Lenten practices. So we're either going to go through the Timeless Catechism of St. Robert Bellarmine, which is an excellent catechism that people uh, had, are not familiar with. St. Robert Bellarmine wrote this against the Protestant errors. So this is like, this is very good. Or 
the angelic doctor himself, he wrote a catechism. Did you know that St. Thomas Aquinas wrote a catechism? People say, Martin Luther wrote the first catechism in 1517. No, St. Thomas Aquinas, 1200s, wrote a catechism, and it is still just as relevant today. He talked about the Our Father, the Hail Mary, all these things, and we're going to go through that. Uh, one of those two, so it's going to be your option. We're going to maybe, I'm thinking uh, sometime this week, I'm going to do a live stream on our private Telegram chat, so it's only going to be available to those people, and we're going to vote on who, which one y'all want to do, and we're going to choose that one, and we're going to do it for the season of Lent. The way to join, grnonline.com forward slash cdt to join. Just join our mailing list. You can find the link there, and join our mailing list on Friday. I'm going to send out our weekly Friday emails, and when you get that email, just check in that email, and listed there is a link to join our private Telegram chat. But without further ado, Tito Edwards, Rudy Carlos, good morning to y'all. Salve. Salve. I love that kind of saying. Uh, my, my buddies with the, the TFP, they always greet people, Salve Maria. Oh, so, really? Yeah, that's the way they greet everyone. Huh. And it's such a beautiful way to, to say hello. I didn't know that. They must have heard it from me. I think so. I think they said that. They said... Uh, we're getting this from Tito Edwards, uh, and I think that was a direct quote from their founder. Yeah, them and the Heralds of the Gospel. Yeah, them. Do they do as well? Yeah, they they've told me that I they say that they you love them very much. You, oh, you attend all okay. their events. Really? really? Yes. Okay. Well, good to know. I, 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 this is news to me. I didn't know this. But uh, Tito, have you uh, the stories from today? What did you think? Wow, you know the I saw the viral video and when I the the one from Kenya where they saw the Virgin Mary and I, I looked at it when I first came across my feed and I could not identify her, but then on Church Pop they I, they found uh, they freezed a frame from that video and you can see the outlines of Our Lady. You think it's real? Uh, I'm. No. <laughs> I think it was just some light that came through, and, and I loved the enthusiasm from, from the congregation, though. That's what got me. Yeah. I loved it. Yeah. I'm incredibly, incredibly skeptical when it comes to these kind of things. Yeah. I People like to uh, categorize me as these person who believes in all these miracles and everything, and I mean, I believe in miracles. I believe in that person of Our Lady, and that's why people think that I'm like that, because I always talk about Our Lady of Fatima. Always talk about the miracles of the saints. Always talk about uh, the different apparitions, Our Lady Lords, those kind of things. And they kind of see me as this like miracle chaser kind of guy. But I'm going to be honest with you, 99.9% .9 of the miracles that I hear about, I don't believe them. They just don't seem credible to me. I'm very skeptical. You remember the, the miracle of the sun at Fatima? I remember. I was there. When it, oh, okay. 1917? <laughs> wow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and and uh, what they, it was... They were in pouring rain, and then the rain stopped, and the sun came out, and it, and it approached the people, and then it stepped back, and, and when the sun settled back to its position, everybody was dry. Mm -hmm. Do you consider that a miracle? Of course. Yes. That's 100% a miracle. You know, I actually made a documentary on the uh, Fatima miracle in the 1917 uh, miracles. You, you, back then, you used your TikTok channel? I did. I did use my TikTok channel. No. <laughs> the, 
I with America Needs Fatima, I made a video, I made a series of, I think it's a nine part uh, video series exclusive to America Needs Fatima YouTube channel. Maybe I'll include it in the email list this week. You can watch that documentary. You should. Uh, so that way y'all I'm can gonna see look it. at it because the in it I talk about that miracle and I start quoting people who were there. Because I found we found um, this old book that did a bunch of interviews with the people at the event. And so some of them were atheists. Some of them were believers. Some of them were doubters. Uh, they had people of all different kind. The, the documentary is actually called The Secret Witnesses of Fatima. Because uh, there was a ton of people who were there. And secret, not in the sense that they're, it's something hidden that's going to be revealed. More secret in the sense that they have never been heard before. Because these people, there's... Thousands and thousands of people there. Uh, where are all their testimonies? And mm -hmm. I shared some of them. In, in your video? Mm -hmm. Oh, you need to share that link. For sure. So you're going to want to be in our email list. That way yes, you can sir. get access to that. Uh, the story that I wanted to share with you all, and you reported on this actually, Tito, in your, in your second new segment. That was the first story you shared. Was uh, the police say church vandal was about to break into the tabernacle until he saw the statue of Mary. I thought that was a really awesome story because we reported on this uh, months ago when we first heard, I guess, was it that long ago? I guess it wasn't that long ago. It was only like a month ago, huh? Yeah. It feels like it was very long ago where someone came in and they smashed a church, uh, their altar, and stole, <laughs> and stole their relics. And that was really concerning. There was a picture and their altar stone was missing. That was very bad. And... It was very concerning to hear about, but what we found out from this story was that the guy was planning on breaking into the tabernacle and desecrating our Lord. And this guy, he seems to be very disturbed because he said uh, in the article, he said the, that Farnham thought that Jesus' bones were in the altar and that God was telling him to remove the bones, Massey told CNA. He added that Farnham had a history of substance abuse and was intoxicated during his arrest. That's interesting because he's, he obviously cannot be like a faithful Christian because how could there be bones of our Lord if our Lord was assumed into heaven? So obviously, like if you're an atheist, then I guess you might be able to believe that, that the bones of our Lord exist. But then if you did, why would you care enough to try to rescue them? Because he thought that our Lord appeared to him and told him to rescue his bones. I think somebody mentioned to him about the Eucharist. And since he couldn't grasp that in his mind, he thought, yeah, right. So you mean there's Jesus in there? Jesus has been dead for almost 2,000 years. That means you got somebody's bones in there. I, that's my, my line of reasoning is what he probably would have thought. That makes much more, that makes somewhat sense. Uh, I think um, he was gunning for the tabernacle. He was gunning for the tabernacle. Yep. And he says that this is reported from the man himself. It says here, Sheriff Jason Massey of the Logan County Sheriff Office told CNA that when they brought the suspect in, he confessed to the crime. But Farnham told the police after he looked up and saw a statue of Mary, he couldn't continue to break open the tabernacle as he had planned to. He decided he just couldn't do it, Massey said. I think he felt it was wrong at that point. How many stories, if you ever read A Secret of the Rosary... Or Saint Louis de Ma or Saint uh, Alphonse Liguori's uh, Glories of Mary, or maybe Secret of Mary. Uh, but any of those books, uh, they tell stories, many stories that are very similar to this, where someone was doing something very, very bad, um, and not just bad in the sense like murdering someone, stealing, but bad to our Lord, blasphemy, sacrilege, 
after the Holy Eucharist. But then, as they're about to do this evil action, they gaze upon the image, the visage of Our Lady, and it stops them in their tracks. Oftentimes, it brings them to repentance right there and then. Uh, sometimes it just prevents them from doing the action they were going to do, and they still remain hardened in heart, but it saves our Lord. Would you consider this a miracle, Tito? Yeah, I, th- I think you said it. there might be degrees of miracles, like there is for martyrdom, white and red. Maybe this might be a miracle, because this also reminds me, not similar, not the same, but similar, Father, Father Donald Calloway, where he was on the life towards perdition, but he wanted to know about this lady, you know, and, and that stopped him from going down that path. Uh, Our Lady also helped me on my conversion and, on, on my, the, many years ago. So uh, I, but this is a more striking one. He saw Our Lady in the, in the image of a statue and he just stopped on his rampage. There were other things that he did destroy inside the church, but he was going for the tabernacle where Jesus was. And, uh, I think it's a miracle to some degree. I agree. I agree. I I think it's not a miracle. You know, okay, so there's two categories of miracles. There's the natural miracles where you see these these things happening in nature, mm-hmm. but then there is the miracles of conversion. And all the saints talk about how miracles of conversion while it's less uh, glamorous in the sense that it doesn't ooh and awe people typically, it is actually the greater miracle. Because you are turning someone's heart of stone into a heart of flesh. You're taking a heart that's frozen over and you're, and you're setting it on fire. And it is said, I forget where this quote comes from, uh, but I, I think about it often. I was listening, I was at a, at a parish mission. They had a redemptorist priest preaching at, and he said, the wounds of Christ are flaming arrows that pierce the hardest hearts and inflame the coldest souls. And I always remembered that. It was such a, so well put, it's so beautiful. I don't know if he made it up or if it's a quote from someone else, but that really stuck with me, and I'm gonna repeat it, and maybe you can uh, try to put it to memory. The wounds of Christ are flaming arrows that pierce the hardest hearts and inflame the coldest souls. Uh, what a beautiful image, and Our Lady is the same way. When you gaze upon the beautiful face of Our Lady. It's hard to be wicked. And I, there was, this is the through line for the show today. We started the show uh, talking about the, the devil and our Lord talking about it's not what we enter into our body that defiles a man, but, but what we believe, what we think, uh, our, our, our disposition. And the 15 past the hour, we talked about the satanic scourge going on in, in Hollywood. And we talked about this story right here and what is the through line is that our lady desires our salvation and she will do so by her humility and by her beauty we think often about the good and the true but how often do we realize that if we it said beauty will save the world right that comes from uh Dostoevsky. yes and when we think about beauty will save the world what is more beautiful than our Blessed Virgin Mary. It, it's so true that, that on that point of beauty, there there have been many conversions. Uh, uh, well, I, Rod Dreher is one of them where 
when he went to make his visit to Rome, he was just overwhelmed by the beauty of the Basilica in the Vatican, as an example. But yes, beauty will save the world, and Our Lady did by stopping that man. Amen, amen. So let's thank Our Lady for preventing this horrible sacrilege. Let's pray for the conversion of this man's soul. But we're going to jump into our game show, Fear and Trembling, coming up in just one moment. If you want to hop on, the number to call is 877-757-9424. You could be our caller. Just call 877-757-9424. The number is 877-757-9424. Holy raffle, Batman! The GRN is raffling off a Mercedes-Benz CLA 250C. If we win, that could be our new Batmobile. Great idea, Robin. Uh, How do we get tickets? Easy, Batman. Just go to grnonline.com or call 888-784-3476. Tickets are $25 for one or $100 for five. I knew you were good for something. Quick, hand me my bat phone. I promise to love you in good times and in bad, for richer or for poorer, in sickness and in health, till death do us part. On your wedding day, you made this vow to your spouse in the presence of God and all those present. These are not words to be taken lightly. And the reality is that the responsibilities of marriage and family can be challenging at times. Good times can become bad in the blink of an eye. Things like financial hardship and sickness, among others, very often bring about fears and anxieties that make it difficult to be as loving as we should be. There is a simple Latin phrase to keep on hand when fear and anxiety take over our thoughts. Quid est hoc ad aeternitatum? What is this in the light of eternity? In other words, keep things in proper perspective. While the challenges here on this earth seem like a big deal at the moment, they are but a flash in the pan compared to all of eternity in heaven. This has been a minute for your marriage and family from the Three Hearts Institute. Check us out on Facebook. Hi, I'm Debbie Giorgiani. And I'm Adam Bly. We're the hosts of The Spirit World every Saturday morning on the Guadalupe Radio Network. Join us as we help answer your questions on angels, demons, and how the physical and spiritual worlds interact. That's The Spirit World from the Station of the Cross studios every Saturday at 11 a.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Central, right here on the Guadalupe Radio Network. Welcome to another round of fear and trembling. (laughs) The Catholic trivia game show that helps you work out your salvation by the seat of your pants. It's a 50-50 chance and prizes are involved. Avoid the weeping and gnashing of teeth. Call now to take your shot. 877-757-9424. 877-757-9424 is the number to call. 877-757-9424. And the phone lines I'm looking over here are completely free. That means we are available for you to be the first caller. All you have to do is call 877-757-9424 to win this week's prize. We're going to give it away on Friday. And I have to say this prize this week is very special to me because it's actually something from my little sister. And if you're watching online, you can actually see these paintings. I'm showing it to you. And this is the prints that we're going to be giving away. I got her to agree to giving me two. So we're giving away two prints of these beautiful, beautiful paintings. And I have to say, I mean, I'm a proud brother, but honestly, these are 
amazing quality paintings. They're, these are not like just some little girl's uh, finger paintings. These are in the style of the realist tradition. And so they are like the spitting image. It looks like a photograph of St. Maximin Colby is the first one. And the second one is a statue of Our Lady that was painted. It's Our Lady was in a garden. And our, my sister painted the picture of a statue of Our Lady within a field of roses. And so it is a very, these are both very beautiful. You're going to want to buy frames for them and hang them in your house. I promise you, you will not be disappointed. But the number to call is 877-757-9424. And I'm looking at the questions and it seems like it's all easy question Tuesday. And the number to call is 877-757-9424. Rudy Carlos is waiting to uh, pick up your call. And the way the number to call, 877-757-9424. If you don't know how the game is played, let me explain to you. It's very simple, very straightforward. All you have to do to win is guess. Is Tito right or is Rudy right? I'm going to ask them the question, not you. I'm going to ask them the question, and they're going to give an answer. And it's your job to discern who is right, who is wrong, who is lying, who's telling the truth, and who is being tricky. It's all you have to do. So there's a 50-50 chance for each question that is asked. And so that's what we're going to do. That's the game we're going to play with fear and trembling. And it looks like the, the phone line is just lit up. We just got a, a number of callers. If you don't get on the line today, make sure you call back for tomorrow. Call early so that way we can get your you on the show because this is a really, really cool gift. And I have to say, my sister's paintings, not available anywhere else. They are not available anywhere else. You can see them. Go to Emily Fonseca Art on Instagram, Emily Fonseca Art on Instagram, or you can check out my Facebook page, uh, and you, I post pictures of them on there. But Emily Fonseca Art on Instagram is you can follow her there, and you can see her beautiful, amazing art and see what you're missing out on because you can't actually buy this yet. She does not sell them, so this is the only place to get them on Catholic Drive Time will be the exclusive place to get them at least for right now uh but joining us right now is don don is joining us uh good morning or not don sorry kim and tony is joining us good morning kim and tony good morning how are you i'm doing well praise be to god thank you for calling in kim and tony thank you thank you is uh hawaii day at school hawaii day at school that's uh tito's uh, backyard right there Oh, cool. Yeah, Tito is actually from Hawaii. Aloha kakakiaka. Oh, <laughs> Aloha. There you go. What is what is kakiaka? Hello, how are you doing? Oh, I see. I see. See, I, I barely speak English. So <laughs> I, anything else beyond English, I'm already confused. Uh, but Kim and Tony, I don't need to explain to you how to play the game. Y'all have been on the show many a time. So y'all know how to play. Do you know, though, you haven't really, you don't really know Tito. So do you, are you ready to no. play? Do y'all, are, are you going to be able to find out who's right and who's wrong? Are you ready? Yes. Yes, I got here. Okay. Well, y'all are ready. Rudy, are you ready? I am. Let's do this. All right. Well, let's do this. Well, Rudy, we'll go with you first. All right. Let's do it. All right. Well. All right. This question. It's pretty easy. I think you'll be able to get this, maybe. We'll see. We'll see. Uh, the first question is, how many psalms are there in the book of Psalms? Did you say palms? 
No. Psalms. Psalms? Psalms with a with a P. Like kind of like pterodactyl. Pterodactyl with a P. Got it. Psalms. Yeah. Okay. So there's 150 of those. 150. You say? Mm -hmm. Uh, That's a lot. Yeah, I that's know. like that's like more than seven. That's almost like King David. He had nothing better to do. Right? Uh, yeah, that does, didn't he have like a kingdom to run? You think? Yeah, he really what wrote? did he do? Uh, he's just writing poetry. Oh, okay, uh, you think it's 150? That, if you say so, uh, Tito, what say you? How many psalms are there in the Book of Psalms? Book of Psalms. Well, uh, that's a something along the lines of a gross. So I'd say 144. 144. Because 12 times 12 is 144. 12 is a very magical oh, number in antiquity. I see what you're doing there. You're doing some numerology. St. Yes. Augustine would be proud. Yes. Okay. Well, either you're going to please St. Augustine by uh, knowing the numerology or you're please St. Jerome of just knowing the Bible in general. Okay. Uh, Kim and Tony, what say you? How many Psalms are there in the book of Psalms. Tito says there's 144, which is 12 times 12. Very symbolic numbers. Or is Rudy right, who said it's 150? Kim and Tony, what say you? 15 seconds on the clock. Tito. Tito. He says Tito. Rudy, is he right? Are they right? Kim and Tony. No, he tricked you. It's actually... 150 psalms, which actually relates to the 150 Hail Marys and the Rosary. Because, you know, you have the, that's why they call it the Marian Psalter. Because you're praying the Marian Psalm. So those people who didn't memorize the all 150 psalms would pray the 150 Hail Marys instead. So, but don't Maybe worry, Kim and Tony. I always learn something. It's a learning opportunity, but don't you worry. I'm sure we'll get you in the Coffee Cup of Divine Providence for this next question. Uh, are you all ready? Ready, ready. All right, let's jump into it. The second question. Rudy, uh, no, let's go to Tito. Tito, what term indicates the supernatural aspects of the sight of God? The sight of God? Doesn't God have 20-20 vision since he's perfect? Uh, well, God doesn't have a body, so I don't know if he... Good answer. Uh, I don't know. Well, well, actually, he does have a body. Anyway. Oh, that's true. <laughs> Oops. Try only speaking. Divinity doesn't have a body. <laughs> sure. <laughs> well, uh, on that last point we were talking to prior to the video game, how beautiful it was that Barnum was stopped in his tracks. Mm-hmm. Maybe he had a beatific vision. A beatific vision? A beatific vision. A beatific vision. Okay. Uh, Tito seems to think it's uh, what term indicates the supernatural aspects of the sight of God. What happens when you see God? Tito says beatific vision. Rudy, same question. What term indicates the supernatural aspects of the sight of God? Ah, yes. That is what's known as aspheric vision. Aspheric vision. Aspheric. Okay. I've never heard this term. Aspheric vision. Okay. Yeah, very wide view. Very interesting. Mm -hmm. Very interesting. Okay, Kim and Tony. Tito says that it is the beatific vision, which is you seeing God. Rudy seems to think it's the, what is that again? Aspheric vision. Aspheric vision. Is it aspheric vision, as Rudy says, or is it beatific vision, as Tito says, Kim and Tony, 15 seconds o'clock, what say you? Uh, I mean, uh, 
Tito. Let's see. Hey, there you go. Easy peasy, easy peasy. Well, let's jump right into the third question. We're running out of time, so let's jump into this last one. And I'm going to be honest, this one might be a little tricky. Uh, Let's start with you, Rudy. All right. Where would Bosolanti be found? Bosolanti, you mean? Bosolanti. There you go. Bosolanti. Bosolanti. They're going to be found guarding the Pope's quarters. Okay. And I'm not talking about his spare change. I'm talking about his room. This is not like Balenciaga, right? (laughs) Bosolanti. 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 All right. All right. Uh, Tito, where would Bosolanti be found? It would be found in the papal cafeteria where you they put it in the rigatoni. Okay, so it's a food you're saying. Yep. Okay, okay. All right, Kim and Tony, Tito seems to think that Basalanti is a food that can be found in the papal cafeteria, the Vatican cafe. Or is Rudy correct who says it is, they could be found guarding the Pope's living quarters. Kim and Tony, 15 seconds o'clock. What say you? Hey, man, I'm Italian. I'll go for Rudy. Rudy! There you go! Right. Uh, Rudy, do you know what Basilanti is? The Basilanti, yes. I'm surprised you didn't know this. This was actually predates the Pontifical Guard. Oh. They became the Pontifical Guard, and now the restriction is they have to be Swiss. Okay. Yeah. I didn't know this. I had never heard this term. Well, there you go. You learned something new. We've both learned something new today. So way to go. Kim and Tony, y'all got two for three. That is pretty good. That is a high chance of winning today's uh, prize, my little sister's art. You can go check out her Instagram if you have that, Fonseca Art. Uh, Emily Fonseca Art, rather. Emily Fonseca, my last name. Art on Instagram. Or check out my Facebook page, and you can see pictures of it there. Make sure to follow her. Tell her your her little her older brother sent you if you go check out her Instagram page. Tell her Adrian sent me, and then tell her how amazing her art is because you won't even need to lie. It's it is truly amazing. You'll be mind blown. Uh, but that's gonna do it for today's show. If you want to join us in the after show, make sure you hop on one of our social feeds: YouTube, Facebook, Rumble, Odyssey. Hop on and have a conversation with us. Or if you're gonna be taking off, whatever it is that you're doing, we'll see you at 6 a.m. Central, 7 Eastern tomorrow morning for more Catholic Drive Time. Well, God bless you. God love you. And make sure to join our email list. Go to grnonline.com forward slash cdt to join our email list for all sorts of goodies. You're not going to want to miss. God love you. God bless you. And we'll see you tomorrow. Thank you for joining us on Your Catholic Drive Time, where it is our pleasure to keep you informed and inspired. Join us Monday through Friday at the same time, right here on your favorite Catholic radio station. Don't forget to connect with us. Just go to facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Again, that's facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Be sure to share more than just us today. Share Jesus with everyone you meet. Bye now, and God love you. The Guadalupe Radio Network now brings you the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass from the chapel at Our Lady of Corpus Christi in Corpus Christi, Texas. Tuesday of the fifth week of Ordinary Time. 
Today's Mass is being offered for all of our listeners on Guadalupe Radio Media and for all of our online viewers. All creatures of our God and King, lift up your voice and with us sing. Alleluia, Alleluia. Thou burning sun with golden beam, thou silver moon with softer gleam, oh, praise him, oh, praise him. Alleluia, Alleluia, Alleluia. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Brothers and sisters, let us call to mind our sins and so prepare ourselves to celebrate the sacred mysteries. I confess to Almighty God and to you, my brothers and sisters, that I have greatly sinned in my thoughts and in my words, in what I have done and in what I have failed to do. Through my fault, through my fault, through my most grievous fault. Therefore I ask, Blessed Mary, ever virgin, all the angels and saints, and you, my brothers and sisters, to pray for me to the Lord our God. May Almighty God have mercy on us, forgive us our sins, and bring us to everlasting life. Let us pray. Keep your family safe, O Lord, with unfailing care that relying solely on the hope of heavenly grace, they may be defended always by your protection. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, God forever and ever. Amen. Reading from the book of Genesis. God said, Let the water teem with an abundance of living creatures, and on the earth let birds fly beneath the dome of the sky. And so it happened. God created the great sea monsters and all kinds of swimming creatures with which the water teems and all kinds of winged birds. God saw how good it was, and God blessed them, saying, Be fertile, multiply, and fill the water of the seas, and let the birds multiply on the earth. Evening came and morning followed, the fifth day. Then God said, Let the earth bring forth all kinds of living creatures, cattle, creeping things, and wild animals of all kinds. And so it happened. God made all kinds of wild animals, all kinds of cattle, and all kinds of creeping things of the earth. God saw how good it was. Then God said, Let us make man in our image after our likeness. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, the birds of the air, and the cattle, and over all the wild animals, and all the creatures that crawl on the ground. God created man in his image. In the divine image he created him, male and female he created them. God blessed them, saying, Be fertile and multiply, fill the earth and subdue it, 
have dominion over the fish of the sea, the birds of the air, and all the living things that move on the earth. God also said, See, I give you every seed-bearing plant all over the earth, and every tree that has seed-bearing fruit on it to be your food. And to all the animals of the land, all the birds of the air, and all the living creatures that crawl on the ground, I give all the green plants for food. And so it happened. God looked at everything he had made, and he found it very good. Evening came, and morning followed, the sixth day. Thus the heavens and the earth and all their array were completed. Since on the seventh day God was finished with the work he had been doing, he rested on the seventh day from all the work he had undertaken. So God blessed the seventh day and made it holy, because on it he rested from all the work he had done in creation. Such is the story of the heavens and the earth at their creation. The word of the Lord. O Lord our God, how wonderful your name in all the earth. When I behold your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars which you set in place, what is man that you should be mindful of him, or the son of man that you should care for him? O Lord our God, how wonderful your name in all the earth. You have made him little less than the angels, and crowned him with glory and honor. You have given him rule over the works of your hands, putting all things under his feet. O Lord our God, how wonderful your name in all the earth. All sheep and oxen, yes, and the beasts of the field, the birds of the air, the fishes of the sea, and whatever swims the paths of the seas. O Lord our God, how wonderful, wonderful your name in all the earth. Alleluia, alleluia, alleluia. Incline my heart, O God, to your decrees, and favor me with your law. Alleluia, alleluia, alleluia. The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Mark. When the Pharisees with some scribes who had come from Jerusalem gathered around Jesus, they observed that some of his disciples ate their meals with unclean, that is, unwashed hands. For the Pharisees, and in fact all Jews, do not eat without carefully washing their hands, keeping the tradition of the elders. And on coming from the marketplace, they do not eat without purifying themselves. And there are many other things that they have traditionally observed, the purification of cups and jugs and kettles and beds. So the Pharisees and scribes questioned them, questioned him, Why do your disciples not follow the tradition of the elders, but instead eat a meal with unclean hands? He responded, Well did Isaiah prophesy about you hypocrites, as it is written, This people honors me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. In vain do they worship me, teaching as doctrines human precepts. You disregard God's commandment, but cling to human tradition. He went on to say, How well you have set aside the commandment of God in order to uphold your tradition. For Moses said, Honor your father and your mother. 
and whoever curses father or mother shall die. Yet you say, if someone says to father or mother, any support you might have had from me is korban, meaning dedicated to God, you allow him to do nothing more for his father or mother. You nullify the word of God in favor of your tradition that you have handed on, and you do many such things. The Gospel of the Lord. This morning's first reading, we continue to read from the beautiful creation story from the book of Genesis. Today we hear how God created man made in his image and likeness, male and female, that he gave them dominion over all of the earth. In other words, there is a hierarchy of the created world, and God has placed man, male and female at the top of that hierarchy and given them a responsible stewardship over all of creation. When we consider what it means to say that we have been made in the image and likeness of God, I think it's helpful to turn to St. Thomas Aquinas, who points out that there are two features of an image. The first feature is that the one thing is copied from the other, or one thing came from the other. And the second feature is that there has to be a resemblance or likeness in the image for the thing to be able to successfully image that which it came from. So in other words, for the first principle of one thing coming from another, we could point out that two white eggs may be identical in their appearance, but they are not in the image of one or the other because they did not come from one or the other. Rather, they just look alike. And secondly, that feature of similarity or similitude of likeness is going to be an incredibly important feature. I can remember as a boy back when I was in grade seven, we had an art class and we were supposed to do a sketch of someone from a picture. I was a horrible artist, and unfortunately, I even forgot to bring in a picture. So when I arrived that day, I quickly ripped out a page from someone else's magazine, which they brought in, and lo and behold, I found myself trying to make the image of Jane Fonda on my page. And with every pencil mark that I put on the page, it wound up looking more and more like she had gone 10 rounds in a boxing match. And by the time I finished, you would have never guessed who it was that I was trying to draw. In other words, it was a copy from one thing to the other, but there was no similitude or no likeness of image, and therefore it was a disaster. Now, for man made in the image and likeness of God, God is immaterial. There is nothing material about God, and therefore what is unique about us human beings and where we find ourselves in the image and likeness of God is precisely in our spiritual faculties of intellect and will intellect whereby we are able to know the truth as truth, and in our will whereby we have the freedom to move ourselves in a direction that we choose, and most importantly, whereby we are able to love. In other words, in creation, man alone is able to know the truth as the truth as such, and is able to love because of his capacity of free will. And this is precisely where we see ourselves in the space of having been made in the image and likeness of God. To that end, it is worth pointing out that any form of intoxication via alcohol or drugs, what really is, is a casting away or a dispersing aside of what makes us so special and so unique, precisely our ability to know truth and to be free, to be able to make choices based on the truth. To even throw that aside for a minute is really to strip ourselves of the dignity which we have been 
given and that we are called to live with. When we look at the world in which we live in today and in our culture, sadly we can see that the truths of the story of creation have been rejected over and over again and repeatedly denied. We find ourselves in a situation where in the denial of God we also have really a denial of truth. Many people nowadays think that truth is something relative or it doesn't exist in an absolute form. They think the only truth out there is to say that there is no truth, which of course is problematic because if that statement is true, it means precisely that there would be truth. But this is a real issue in our society, the denial that it is possible for us to know the truth about the good to be done and the evil to be avoided. Similarly, with respect to our freedom, we seem to have it all wrong on both extremes. On the one hand, people oftentimes think that we human beings are determined to act in such a way and thereby strip away the moral quality of our decisions by saying, well, he or she was made that way and they have to act according to how they were made and they are determined to do so, which sometimes can be leading to an excuse of doing moral evil. And on the other hand, there can be an attempt at freedom which tends to say, we can do absolutely whatever we want and that human freedom is meant to be absolute. We also see in a way against the creation story of the notion that oftentimes animals seem to be elevated to the place of human beings and human beings tend to be degraded down to more of an animalistic level. And so we can find that people will diligently comb over the sand on a beach to make sure that the eggs of turtles are covered and are going to be protected, but we consider it a human right to be able to kill unborn babies. We kind of flip it all around and we strip away what is most precious about human nature, our capacity to love and to know truth, and we reduce ourselves more to an animalistic level and on the other hand, we raise animals up to a level almost equal to man, again, going fundamentally against the creation story. God has created us in his image and likeness. He has given us the capacity to know truth. He has given us the capacity to love. And this is precisely where our identity is found in the capacity to live as his children, to live as members of his family. So today, my brothers and sisters, as we go forward, let us ask that the order that God has placed in creation would always be respected, and that we would always treasure the fact that he has made us in his image and likeness, that we can know the truth about the good to be done and evil to be avoided, and that we have the freedom and the power in our free will to be able to choose accordingly, according to truth. Amen. Trusting in our Father's love and mercy, we bring our petitions before him. We pray for our Holy Father and for all bishops, for their physical and spiritual needs. We pray to the Lord. We pray for the sick and the suffering. We pray to the Lord. For our family, friends, benefactors, for those joining us online and through Guadalupe Radio Media, and for those enrolled in the Salt Mass Association, we pray to the Lord. We pray that the order that God has placed in creation would always be respected. We pray to the Lord. Merciful Father, we thank you for hearing our petitions and granting our prayers through Christ our Lord.
and in his own image God created man. He included freedom in creation's plan. For he loved us even from before our birth. By his grace he made us free men of this earth. God to man entrusted life as gift and aim. Sin became our prison, turning hope to shame. Man against his brother lifted hand and sword, and the father's pleading went unseen, unheard. Pray, brothers and sisters, that my sacrifice and yours may be acceptable to God the Almighty Father. O Lord our God, who once established these created things to sustain us in our frailty, grant, we pray, that they may become for us now the sacrament of eternal life through Christ our Lord. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is truly right and just, our duty and our salvation, always and everywhere to give you thanks. Lord, Holy Father, Almighty and Eternal God, for just as through your beloved Son you created the human race, so also through him with great goodness you formed it anew. And so it is right that all your creatures serve you. All the redeemed praise you. And all your saints with one heart bless you. Therefore, we too extol you with all the angels. As in joyful celebration we acclaim. Sanctus, Sanctus. Sanctus Dominus Deus Sabaoth, plenis uncelli et terra, gloria tua, hosanna in excelsis, benedictus, qui venit in nomine Domini, hosanna in excelsis. You are indeed holy, O Lord, the fount of all holiness. Make holy, therefore, these gifts we pray by sending down your Spirit upon them like the dewfall, so that they may become for us the body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ. At the time he was betrayed and entered willingly into his passion, he took bread and, giving thanks, broke it and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take this, all of you, and eat of it, for this is my body which will be given up for you. In a similar way, when supper was ended, he took the chalice, and once more giving thanks, he gave it to his disciples, saying, Take this, all of you, and drink from it, for this is the chalice of my blood, the blood of the new and eternal covenant, which will be poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this in memory of me.
the mystery of faith. We proclaim your death, O Lord, and profess your resurrection until you come again. Therefore, as we celebrate the memorial of his death and resurrection, we offer you, Lord, the bread of life and the chalice of salvation, giving thanks that you've held us worthy to be in your presence and minister to you. Humbly we pray that, partaking of the body and blood of Christ, we may be gathered into one by the Holy Spirit. Remember, Lord, your church spread throughout the world, and bring her to the fullness of charity, together with Francis, our Pope, and Michael, our Bishop, and all the clergy. Remember also our brothers and sisters who have fallen asleep in the hope of the resurrection, and all who have died in your mercy. Welcome them into the light of your face. Have mercy on us all, we pray, that with the Blessed Virgin Mary, Mother of God, with Blessed Joseph, her spouse, with the Blessed Apostles, and all the saints who have pleased you throughout the ages, we may merit to be co-heirs to eternal life, and may praise and glorify you through your Son, Jesus Christ. Through him and with him and in him, O God, Almighty Father, in the unity of the Holy Spirit. All glory and honor is yours forever and ever. Amen. Preceptis salutaribis moniti, et divina institutione formati, audemus indicere, pater noster, qui es in celi, Sanctifice tuur nomen tuum, adveniat regnum tuum, fiat voluntas tua, sicud in celo et in terra, panem nostrum coditianum, da nobis hodie, et imite nobis debita nostra, sicud et nos dimitimus, Debitoribus nostris, et ne nos inducas in tentationem, sed libera nos amahalo. Deliver us, Lord, we pray, from every evil, graciously grant peace in our days, that by the help of your mercy we may be always free from sin and safe from all distress, as we await the blessed hope and the coming of our Savior, Jesus Christ. The kingdom of power and glory are yours, now and forever. Lord Jesus Christ, who said to your apostles, Peace I leave you, my peace I give you. Look not on our sins, but on the faith of your church. And graciously grant her peace and unity in accordance with your will, who live and reign forever and ever. The peace of the Lord be with you always. And with your spirit. Let us offer each other the sign of peace. Agnus Dei, qui tolis peccatamundi, miserere nobis. Agnus Dei, qui tolis peccatamundi, miserere nobis. Agnus Dei, qui tolis peccatamundi, Dona nobis pacem. Behold the Lamb of God, 
Behold him who takes away the sins of the world. Blessed are those called to the supper of the Lamb. Lord, I am not worthy that you should enter under my roof, but only say the word and my soul shall be healed. those who cannot receive our Lord in Holy Communion, we invite you to pray the act of spiritual communion. My Jesus, I believe that you are present in the most holy sacrament. I love you above all things, and I desire to receive you into my soul. Since I cannot at this moment receive you sacramentally, come at least spiritually into my heart. I embrace you as if you were already there, and unite myself wholly to you. Never permit me to be separated from you. Amen. I want to walk as a child of the light. I want to follow Jesus. God set the stars to give light to the world. The star of my life is Jesus. In him there is no darkness at all. The night and the day are both alike. The Lamb is the light of the city of God. Shine in my heart, Lord Jesus. I want to see the brightness of God. I want to look at Jesus. Clear sun of righteousness, shine on my path and show me the way to the Father. In him there is no darkness at all. The night and the day are both alike. The Lamb is the light of the city of God. Shine in my heart, Lord Jesus. Let us pray. O God, who have willed that we be partakers in the one bread and the one chalice, grant us, we pray, so to live, that made one in Christ, we may joyfully bear fruit, for the salvation of the world, through Christ our Lord. The Lord be with you. May Almighty God bless you, the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Go and announce the Gospel of the Lord. O Santissima, O Pissima, Lucis, Virgo Maria, Mater Amata, in temerata, ora, ora pro no. The Prayer to St. Michael 
St. Michael the Archangel, defend us in battle. Be our protection against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray. And do thou, O Prince of the Heavenly Host, by the power of God, cast into hell Satan and all the evil spirits who prowl about the world, seeking the ruin of souls. Amen. Prayer of Deliverance Almighty God and Father, we beg Thee through the intercession and help of the Archangels St. Michael, Raphael, and Gabriel for the deliverance of our brothers and sisters who are enslaved by the evil one from anxiety, sadness, and obsessions. We implore Thee, deliver us, O Lord. From hatred, fornication, and envy. We implore Thee, deliver us, O Lord. From thoughts of jealousy, rage, and death. We implore Thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every thought of suicide and abortion. We implore Thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every form of sinful sexuality. We implore Thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every division in our family and every harmful friendship. We implore Thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every sort of spell, malefice, witchcraft, and every form of the occult. We implore Thee, deliver us, O Lord. Thou who said, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give unto you, grant that through the intercession of the Virgin Mary we may be liberated from every demonic influence and enjoy thy peace always. In the name of Christ our Lord. Amen. I'm Terry from Holy Rosary Catholic Church. You're listening 